I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Money Matters Top Tips for Success, where each and every day I bring on new business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives and have them share their top tips for success with you. My name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram at Ask Adam Torres to keep up with my book releases, book tour schedule, signings, all that other good stuff. Always love to connect with you there. And as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, moneymatterstoptips.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, so today I have Sturgis Carban on the line, and he's the CEO over at Manifest 7. Sturgis, welcome to the show. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. So I'm excited to get more into what you're doing over at Manifest 7 and what your vision for the company is. Um, but before we do that, let's get a little bit more into your background. So how would you get started as an entrepreneur and in business? <laughs> uh, well, I, uh, I graduated um, college. I went to Harvard University for undergrad and uh, was in the millennial class in 2000, right at the height of the Internet bubble. Uh, and recruited into uh, an investment bank that was really focused on that sector at the time called Robertson Stevens, was ultimately acquired uh, by what became Bank of America uh, eventually. Uh, and so I got my feet wet really starting out in the financial world as an analyst focused on emerging markets, and in particular one that, as it turns out, 20 years later, really kind of follows a cyclical pattern that's very similar to what we're dealing with in the cannabis industry today. Um, you know, rapid growth, lots of revenue-driven business models, um, kind of emerging under-infrastructured um, spaces. So it was uh, it was a good place to start, as it turns out, uh, without me even knowing it two decades ago. That's awesome. Uh, so there's some for the for the younger audience listening, or maybe even the you know the first time uh, entrepreneur, second time entrepreneur that are listening. Um, you know, obviously now you have the benefit of hindsight. You know, many years of business under your belt. Uh, what, what kind of advice would you give to that new and up-and-coming entrepreneur on kind of taking their businesses to the next level? <laughs> never, 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 ever give up. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's, uh, it's. I mean, broadly across any sector, that's, the, that's I think, kind of the golden rule. Um, you know, it's, it's never easy. It's very easy to be critical. It's very hard to build something. Um, and at the end of the day, I found that after, you know, 20 years of either advising companies doing this, entrepreneurs doing this, or doing it myself, ultimately persistence is the principal ingredient to success. And uh, that's certainly the case in a space like the one that we're in as well today, for sure. That's awesome. Um, let's uh, let's switch it up a bit, Sergis. So let's get into what you're doing over at Manifest 7 as CEO. So what's your vision for the company? Let's just start there. Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, there's a lot of companies out there right now in this space, which is highly kinetic. It's very dynamic. It's nascent. It's early. It's unprecedented. So there's a lot of companies out there that have strategies um, for the most part, not a lot that have a vision. And I think that we actually do have a vision for the space. And our, our thinking on it really is driven by kind of a very clinical um, understanding of what is deficient in the industry right now as it emerges. So it's very under-infrastructured. It's, you know, highly regulated. There's a lot of problem-solving exercises involved in building any business in any kind of vertical of the sector, so to speak. We picked uh, two in particular to focus on um, at the downstream end of the supply chain, which is principally B2B distribution and services, and then retail across virtually any channel available whether that's a brick-and-mortar dispensary, a local on-demand delivery service that kind of operates like Uber Eats, so to speak. 
Uh, and then the combination of those two channels on the retail end with a distribution infrastructure um, on a statewide basis in California gives you a platform like a, almost a fully licensed superhighway uh, that allows you to open up new channels that are you know, very difficult to facilitate in a regulated space like this, such as e-commerce and e-commerce subscription boxes. Um, so basically our, our view is integrate all of the different channels that exist in retail in this space, connect that to a long-haul licensed infrastructure that provides statewide B2B services for operators across the entire supply chain. And in doing that, what you've effectively built is kind of the toll road or the highway for the space that allows you to service everyone on the enterprise side from cultivator to retailer, and then ultimately own the last mile as well in our retail business that goes from retailer to the front door of the consumer. And the way that we've kind of tied all that together is through a singular access point which is 1-800-Cannabis.com. So telephonic ordering, text, uh, PWA, desktop, mobile application, basically every media available uh, to access that entire infrastructure, whether you're a business looking for services and licensed infrastructure or a consumer looking for specific products or a channel through which to procure it. Um, and that 1-800-Cannabis is kind of our Amazon.com, if you will that sits at the top as a singular portal into all of that. That's awesome. Um, is there any, and obviously you have a, you have a great take and also vantage point based on your model. You're, you're touching a lot of different sectors of the supply chain. Um, and you're also planning that out and you're, you know, you're, you're really the glue is the way I look at it in your model um, of what's going on in the cannabis industry. So uh, bring exactly. everybody together. Uh, so that being said, um, is there any trends that you care to comment on uh, that you're seeing from your vantage point? Um, well, you know, it's it's hard to <laughs> kind of the short answer to that question is wait a minute because it, it changes almost on a daily basis. It's exactly. like I said, it's it's a fluid space that's really trying to find itself. And one of the things that makes it a really interesting and somewhat intellectually challenging industry in which to focus you know, is the fact that um, it's so regulated. And if you're trying to build an institutional-grade enterprise, which is ultimately what we're looking to do, um, and, you know, all of the principals have backgrounds like mine where, you know, institutional-level regulatory compliance is an existential imperative, right? And that's, I think, kind of a, a an aspect of the space that is both handcuffed it but at the same time helped to organize it. You know, if you look at a, a state like California, it's very fragmented. You have... You know, one statewide legislative regime, but sitting inside that are 480 different municipalities, 70 different counties. All of them have conflicting kind of local ordinances. Uh, and so you have to kind of connect those dots or work around them in a very creative way in order to maintain that compliance and make sure that you're absolutely flawless on it, but at the same time deliver a solution that can kind of open up the supply chain to more efficient, more normalized, kind of conventionalized commerce. And so that's, that's just, I think, kind of the broad challenge and the trends, so to speak, really work around that. And, and so what we've seen, for example, over the last, you know, year and a half or so has been a big push for kind of two models. One is called the MSO model, which is the multi-state operator model. Um, so in other words, building, you know, individualized operations in, in multiple legal states across the country. Because of the interstate restriction, again, another level of fragmentation in the space, those enterprises, they can be owned by the same company, but they can't transact with each other across state lines or with third parties across state lines. 
So you've had, you see these companies being built where there's not a lot of an integrated efficiency because the way that they're scaling is they're just opening up new operations in additional states that can't in any way kind of, you know, transact with each other or integrate to create efficiency. So you get scale but not efficiency. Um, and the way that that's kind of done is through the second model, which is vertical integration, and that's where everyone's been focused. So, again, if you, if you think about a multiple-state operator model where you're in many states, all of those states have different legislation, so they kind of have to be self-contained. The thinking was, well, if I'm in Colorado and California, in Colorado I have to grow my supply, I have to extract my own oil, manufacture my own products, self-distribute, and then theoretically maybe even own the retail outlets, you know, where those products ultimately go on the shelves. The problem with that, and I think, you know, the market is starting to see it, and this is really in stark contrast to our approach, is while that gives you scale, it doesn't give you efficiency, it spreads your kind of core competence across the entire supply chain. So while we do a lot of things, we do them in a very focused area on the mm. supply chain, just distribution and retail. Um, and at the same time, when you think down kind of longer term, which is another thing that's a little bit absent in this space, it's not a lot of long-term thinking, which is really where we're more engaged. You know, when this does go federally legal and those, those interstate bans get lifted, all of those companies, as big as they might be, you're going to have a lot of redundant infrastructure. You know, you're not going to need maybe 15 different grows across the country. You're going to see segmentation and specialization once kind of the artificial barriers that force these individualized islands operationally, you know, to the extent that they don't need to exist anymore. Our like model, when you think about Rockefeller it, and oil, just to put in perspective, Rockefeller and oil. Yeah, right? yeah, kind, yeah, kind of. That's actually oil and gas is a very good analogy in a lot yeah, of ways, exactly. kind of the, the way the, the supply chain. The early days, the early days of oil. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You have an upstream, a midstream, and a downstream. Mm -hmm. Precisely. So, so the way that we're looking at it is we actually counter-programmed against that trend. We didn't see the long-term value in it. We saw a lot of kind of almost asymmetric value, you know, being ascribed to it right now in this context. But once this somewhat artificial temporary context is lifted, you know, if you look at the model I just described where you have, you know, multiple grows, multiple extraction facilities, some of that may overlap, some of it may not. Our model is one that's basically a scalable logistics pathway um, that traverses B to B and B to C, and, you know, that's a model that we can replicate in multiple states, run them individually in the way that kind of all the MSOs are right now, but when the interstate band gets lifted, there is no redundancy. All of those assets are perfectly complementary all the way across the country, and really the connective tissue, once the federal band is gone, becomes the U.S. highway system, and overnight you have a, a fully complementary, full-blown domestic business, you know, across the entire right. nation. So if somebody's listening to this, Sturgis, and they want uh, more information on Manifest 7 or to connect, what's the best way for them to get that info? Uh, yeah, probably the best place to go is our website, Manifest 7, uh, with the numeral 7, not the word, uh, .com, and, and pretty much everything that we do is laid out right there for you. That's awesome. Well, hey, Sturgis, I really appreciate you coming on the show today and sharing your background and all the great work you're doing over at Manifest 7. And to the audience, as always, I hope you got a lot of value out of this. If you did, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, leave me a review, do all those great things we do to support our podcasters. I really do appreciate it. And uh, Sturgis, thanks again for coming on the show.